You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. It's not that great of a story, but the first time I ever saw Specs, it was probably the funniest scenario. But I've always, we're up here, Kansas City, Missouri, you know, smack dab, smack dab in the middle of the United States. And we don't see a lot of specs either. They they fly right before we our waterfowl season opens up or they're after. They come back after we close down. But yeah, I remember it was late, late Canada goose season. And we were out hunting a pond and we might have an ice eater on there. We just got done, you know, actually shooting at some birds. And we were, we were out grabbing birds from the dog and or whatnot. And we had this, this kind of, it was kind of ugly, but it worked. It was a, a big boat blind that we were sitting in. And, uh, and we, man, we had this, it was just unreal, about three or four waves, um, about 30 specks at a time coming in and they were working us pretty hard. And we had a couple guys outside the blind and there's dogs running around and we were not ready and no one had a call. And I remember everybody was like, like you just stole candy from a little kid. Everybody was so sad on that day when we could not get one to get down low enough to get to get a shot off it was a funny experience when you look back at it but that day i think you know some people were kind of upset with each other and it was and i've never seen that many you know as as far as groups now other times hunting early in canada goose season we'll find we'll see one up in a v somewhere and we'll all point it out and jump out of the blind and go run to the truck and grab a spec decoy but um that one year and i think it was getting a little bit warmer towards the end of the year like a nice warm-up and i think that's maybe they're kind of moving up um, from the south or something like that, but it was an awesome thing to see because they were trying to work, and there was, you know, three or four groups, you know, kind of right behind each other, and then we had a couple opportunities at one, and then we had a couple opportunities at another. We couldn't do anything on it, but ever since then, just that little bug was, you know, go get a spec call. You know, maybe let's just have some spec floaters if we're hunting a pond or some spec full bodies, but. uh we got uh we got Brooke here from uh, Higdon. He's done a he's done a podcast with us before, and you're gonna you're a big spec hunter, and uh, y- you know, tell us about maybe uh, you, why you're obsessed with spec speckle bellies. After you know after hearing your story, I think that's where every spec hunter is born. You know, really, that's where that's where it all kind of came full circle for me is being from South Louisiana originally. Um, luckily we've, we've got a lot of specs, you know, we don't have Canada's, but you know, it's kind of the, the same thing, you know, everybody kind of duck hunts and then you see these other birds and whether they're specs or Canada's, the first thing you want to do as a young kid is figure out how to, you know, hunt that next bird and be in a goose. Uh, luckily for me, specs were our goose and we had a bunch of them back in the day. And, um, I remember being 10, 11 years old duck hunting and seeing these birds and everybody just kind of. Now all those don't do anything. We're duck hunting. We're going to shoot our teal and gray ducks and get out. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, a year or so later, I went hunting with a, a buddy and um, got to see what specs can really do, being they interact very well with the call. They come in, feet down, paint the picture, and you shoot them in the face. And I think from that day on, um, my main focus was shooting specs and getting to shoot ducks while I was spec, spec hunting uh, instead of the other way around. So, yeah, I think, you know, for me, uh, that hunt that you just explained 
is exactly where a lot of people's interest is born. And realistically, it's it's uh, kind of the trending thing now with the growing population of specs showing up where they don't normally show up. Everybody seems like everybody that, that I talk to about this this topic on spec hunting, whether it's from Maryland or you know Kansas City, Missouri or Michigan, it's no oh, hey I had some birds fly over. How do I need to kill them? You know how do what can I do to you know to shoot these things because they flew over and they don't really want to do anything. Um, so yeah, that's step one for everybody. I think is is getting the wave. You know the fly by wave, like I call it, just. Uh, come in, doesn't work, and then you kind of have a bad taste in your mouth, and you can either get angry about it and never hunt them again, or uh, mess up like us here on this podcast and end up jumping into it foot deep. And here we are. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. I, that's I, I've never really been specifically spec hunting. It's always kind of a bonus bird, uh, like Chandler was saying at the beginning. It is kind of a bonus bird for us here in Kansas City. They they they're usually here for a day and then gone. Um, going, you know, north and south. And when they show up, it's usually during the conservation order when, when you, you can't shoot them. But I mean, it, it's one of those things too, that exactly like you said, the first time you see them, you remember it. The first time they come in and you do, maybe you knock one down. It's just, it's, it's something new and you just, you're like, holy cow, that's really cool. And I think a mature spec is one of the prettiest geese there oh, is that's there. About, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> they are, man. They are so pretty. You get the good old dark bars on those belly. And, mm-hmm. Oh man. Such a gorgeous bird. They're fun, you know, and I think that's really where a lot of people get hooked with them, whether they have 100 specs fly over them a year or 100,000, depending on where you're hunting. But um, it's just a different bird. And in today's age, with Canada geese not migrating so far south and the growing population of specs, all these Canada goose hunters are, are now seeing a few specs fly over and they're getting that goose itch again. And they're, um, they want to do it and they're fired up about it because specs are a whole lot like Canada geese as far as how to hunt them you know the importance of hiding the importance of calling um it's it's a lot of people's new goose and when you when it and it works out right there's a lot of people out there that will argue and say i'd rather go shoot uh Canada geese over ducks any day and specs are no different whenever they paint the picture they just paint the picture and they're a cool bird and yeah. something you touched on earlier you you were talking about it's kind of a, a new trend that's coming back uh, I've definitely seen that in Chandler. I'm sure you have too here, um, just with sales of decoys and stuff that in the last year or two, specs have really just taken off again. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is, Brooke? Do you think they're just, they're, they're kind of expanding their range, their, 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 you know, their numbers, the hatch is really good for them? Or? For sure. Um, two things I think are, are the main driving factor of the popularity in spec hunting. Um, one being uh, the abundance of them, their population's growing, more people are seeing them in places they may have never seen them before. Um, and it's another bird to hunt, and it's just curiosity. And it doesn't take much to get a duck or Canada goose hunter curious about killing another bird. I assure you. And and two being, people that used to Canada goose hunt in places that you know the central part of the state that don't see Canada geese anymore now have an opportunity to square up to another goose. And I think that's I think that's that has a lot to do with it. And I, I think that's where a lot of our increased sales and uh, spec decoys and the spec uh, spec calls are. It's a hundred percent visual people are seeing these birds and they want to know how to hunt them Mm -hmm. i would definitely say though it is something relatively new for a lot of waterfowlers that they're not used to that they're going to start getting into for sure for sure and it's a you know really it's a it's a very um it's a very easy uh aspect of hunting to get into um i get a phone call a lot of times it's you know how do i here's where i'm hunting and i'll have people send me graphs with their blind drawn out and flooded and tree lines. it's like hey look the best thing you can do if you want to go kill a speck 
is to get rid of all your duck decoys, hide really well, and hunt with a few dozen spec decoys and learn learn how to call is the main main factor, driving factor there is these birds aren't really a bird that you can just go set up on the X and hope to get lucky, kind of like a duck. Um, they're a lot like Canada geese. You know, you can go set up on the X and your odds are highly increased. But those last 50 yards, uh, calling is going to be your is, is going to be the difference there with, with depending on if those birds are going to come in those last 50 yards or not. Um, and, and hiding, of course, but buy a few dozen decoys and go spec hunting. You know, don't go duck hunting and try to kill specs. Get a, get a spec call and learn how to make a few sounds and then go try to target them. Kind of step away from your duck blind or step away from your focus on killing ducks or snows or Canada's and, and go try to kill specs. Go try to shoot a few and you'll be surprised at how easy uh, they can be to kill on the on any given day in the same area. Um, you just have to prioritize it is, is the biggest thing. It's it's really hard to kill specs with not only spinning wing duck decoys, but let's be honest, everybody hunting any flooded body of water with, with five dozen duck decoys, they have a group of 30 specs fly over at 50 yards. First thing they're going to do is shoot at them. And those specs get used to that. And they they won't react very well to calling over a lot of duck decoys. They'll pick them out. And they they won't fly very low over a highly brushed blind on a levee. You know they they kind of get they're kind of tired of getting shot at. I don't blame them. But for the removal of duck decoys and the implement of of calling at specs with a spec call, um, we'll get birds to come pay you a visit. And you'll kill them. So yeah, let's let's focus in on that. I mean, if we got a lot of people interested in spec hunting or don't know much about it, let's start with you know, I mean, how many how many ways can we break it down into you have you have your call your decoys the blind the type of place you hunt yep and let's see is there anything else that we, we would probably want to focus on i i would say that that's probably it and i know you just a moment ago you said calling is probably one of the most important things learning how to blow a spec call absolutely and and i think whenever you know when when you break down duck hunting and and what's what what really drives the success of duck hunting i think you can contribute it to uh, 70% location being where the ducks want to be. Um, 10% is calling and the other 20% is concealment. Um, so, I mean, really when you, when you use that, you know, that aspect of how to kill ducks and you compare it to how to kill specs, um, I'd say it's, it's 70% location, 20% calling and 10% concealment. Not that concealment isn't important or location is definitely key. You've got to have them, but calling plays a much major factor and killing specs uh, than duck hunting will. Um, you want to be underneath them, but if, if you want to square birds up and you want to finish them, you better have somebody who can blow a spec call. And they don't have to blow it well. Uh, they just have to be able to blow it. Uh, they have to be able to sound like specs for longer than you know a minute, two minutes at a time, and that's continuous calling, just like you'd call it cacklers. Um, fast, hot, and heavy calling all the way to the feet hit the ground. And that's not a lot of things. You know, That's not something that a lot of uh, Canada goose callers or duck callers can do fluently, and that's a lot of times that's the deciding factor of why you why you got to shoot at them and why you didn't is calling. So calling is huge. Yeah, yeah. So calling you'd say is number one. So we'll go, we'll go into that here in a second. But this, so how many? You said I think you might have said how many decoys you like to take out. But how many decoys do you do you find yourself taking out to the field the most? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I've I've had. Um, I've had several seasons that were some of my best seasons hunting in Arkansas, and I never had to touch more than two dozen decoys. Um, now that's different for everybody, but anytime someone calls me and, and asks me, "Hey, you know," and they they 
express themselves as a diehard waterfowler and they they are in it. And these are the people that you know aren't hunting 10 days a year. They're hunting 20, 30 days a year and they're focused in on success and you know that they're going to do whatever it takes because they want to. Um, I always tell them, hey, man, don't go throw the kitchen sink at them. If you've got specs flying over you, go buy a dozen or two and just hunt over those and then see how that works. And if, if that works, there's no need to buy more. If it's not working and you're not necessarily in a place where they want to be and you may need to run a little bit more of a traffic game, bump up to five dozen. Um, but a lot of people will find uh, a lot of times big spec spreads um, don't go well with the lack of ability of calling. And, and what I mean by that is is specs are very, very similar to Canada's or, or cackler, uh, cackler geese. You know, you if you've got five dozen decoys out there and the wind's not blowing a lot or it may be cloudy and these specs are really, really picky that day and you can't sound like several dozen geese at one time on a spec call, they're going to shy away from you. So a lot of times the less is more factor there, especially getting started for price effectiveness and also um, removing the, the lack of having the specs bust you because you can't resemble what your decoy spread sounds like. A, a dozen or two is a great place to start is, is where I tell everybody. Imagine being the bird flying up there and seeing 60 to 120 birds at the bottom and then only hearing one guy you know blowing his heart and soul out but it still might sound like two or three geese which it should sound a lot like a lot more if you got you know five dozen or you know plus out there it should be pretty loud i would i would think it's like a snow goose e-caller you go out and put ten thousand rags out if you don't bring the battery for the e-caller good luck you know and and that's just you know and you can still kill birds that way there's there's nothing i'm not saying that you won't kill specs if you can't call but what you can do with ten dozen spec decoys with with very minimal spec calling, you can do with a dozen spec decoys and excellent spec calling. Um, you can really you can really alleviate the need of having to have a huge investment in decoys just by simply getting fluent on a spec call. And like I said, you know, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from buying a bunch of Higdon spec full bodies, but um, you can really do a lot with a call. And and that goes to just duck hunting and, and having a spec call, having practiced or or even just owning one and and having made it be able to make a few sounds, you'll start seeing yourself kill more specs. And then the extreme version of that is leaving the duck decoys at home, bringing two dozen spec decoys, and really focusing on your calling. You're really going to see the tables tilt in your favor. And that's that I contribute a lot of that to calling. So, compared to a lot of other waterfowl hunting, it's as far as an initial expense, it's relatively easy to get into as far as maybe two dozen decoys and a good call. It, it doesn't yep. require four, six, eight dozen decoys. For sure. Yeah. And you know, every, every place that people are going to spec hunt, and I'll just use this as a prime example. Let's say, um, let's say you guys call me and say, Hey Brooke, you know, you know where we are. We're in Kansas city, Missouri, and, uh, we've got some specs flying over. We've got about 300 sitting in a field. We're one field off of them, but they're flying at about 80 yards every morning. And the landowner said he'll let us get underneath them. We can't hunt the X, but we can get underneath them and they're going to fly 80 yards over us. We know they will. How do we go kill them? Um, I'm going to say what you need to do is you need to get some blinds or get in a place where you can hide, hunt on a sunny day where you've got an advantage on these birds where they won't pick you out and bring, bring a couple dozen spec decoys, no more, no less, and hide and call well. And, and you're going to kill, you're going to have an opportunity to kill some. And if you don't the first day, you're going to be able to figure out what you did wrong and, and go kill them the second day. And I think there's a lot of people that are interested in getting into spec hunting are in that situation. That's why I, I use it as an example. 
Um, but really, you know, as, as far as what does it take to kill these birds, no matter where you are, it takes the right weather, of course, which any hunting style can relate to that, whether it's duck hunting or anything. Sunny days with wind are the best days to shoot specs just because you've got an advantage on them. They can't see you. Um, and then number two being um, getting a place where they're low enough to where you can influence them whenever you do call. You don't have to be an exceptional call to break them from 300 yards up and get them to circle 20 times. That's very hard to do. Um, or, hey, be smart enough to get away from all your duck decoys or snow goose decoys or Canada decoys and go get underneath them. And all you need is you know, a few hundred dollars worth of decoys and a buddy who can hide really well and shoot well, and you're going to kill some. So, you know, to answer your question, a thousand dollar investment and the right piece of property in any flyway, you can get under them. You can go kill, you can go kill your first spec. And honestly, you can go kill a bunch of specs until they leave. Yeah. So we're kind of still on the decoy part, mainly full bodies or do you ever use floaters? I do use floaters. Um, depending on where I'm hunting, I really prefer to hunt specs over dry ground, and and the reason I say that is because, um, ex- especially where I hunt, it's you know whether I'm in Arkansas or even in Western Kentucky or you know Southeast Missouri, wherever it is, people are people are shooting at specs, and 90% of people that are shooting at specs are hunting ducks over water, and so I tend to find that specs finish well over dry ground versus water. Um, not to say that you can't kill them over water, but Full bodies are the way to go. Um, it's very easy for people to kill specs over water if they're in the right place. But if you're hunting specs that have seen spec floaters and seen a duck hunting spread, which typically means it's spec floaters, not full bodies, um, I want to be the guy two levees down with with full bodies because they haven't seen those full bodies in that spot. Um, I like both of them. My, my personal preference, I've got more confidence in full bodies just because of the profile. They stand out a little bit more. And not as many people hunt with them, and it, it really gives me an advantage. So hopefully everybody listening doesn't start only running full bodies, and then I'll have to find something else to hunt with. But <laughs> yeah, that uh, that for me works better. I I, I trust spec floaters. Um, they work well, but if I can, I'm gonna use a full body just because it it's that confidence level that 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 they present to me that that really helps me out. Mm-hmm. There's another thing that you mentioned earlier that I kind of want to revisit. And I, I don't know if it may be a little explanation for the listeners too, is a lot of times when you're duck hunting, maybe you'll throw some goose decoys out and you can pull in some you know, geese or uh, sometimes you can mix some species together and you'll have luck pulling them in. But you're saying when it comes to specs, you can't be a duck hunter trying to pull in a few specs. You've got to kind of target them specifically. Yeah, yes and no. I did a, I did a great article with, uh, with Mr. Wade Bourne on with Ducks Unlimited about you know combo hunting specs, particularly in the state of Arkansas where that's common. Uh, flooded rice field, you're duck hunting and you see specs. How do you kill them? You can mix these species together and you can effectively kill them. Um, what what I really express to anybody who's got let's say two to five dozen duck decoys out, um, where you put your spec decoys doesn't necessarily matter uh, because those specs are going to key in on that. The best thing you can do is is try to alleviate the need for the specs to fly over a bunch of mallard floaters. So if you're going to go out and, you know, you see specs flying over, go buy half a dozen spec floaters, put them right in front of the pit. Don't put them in a place where the specs, you know, will pick you out hiding, of course, but put them, put your spec decoys where you want to kill them and then look at the wind and try to move all your duck decoys to the opposite side of those specs to where when those birds finish, they're not flying over four dozen non-moving duck decoys that, they've seen a bunch of times and are probably scared of by now. Um, 
So it won't hurt. It won't hurt to answer your question. Definitely won't hurt to put your spec decoys among duck loaders. Um, but I'd, I'd highly recommend put your spec decoys where you want, where you want to kill specs and move your duck decoys out of their flight path because it, it's, that plays a bigger role than, you know, where the decoys are placed. Uh, speaking about specs, your, your duck decoys will hurt you more than the placement of your spec decoys will help you. Gotcha. Okay. So in, you like to hunt um, uh, layout blinds mainly, or you hunt out of a, like a Momar style or, yep. or different style, it's different style blinds. What blinds do you hunt out of? I hunt out of everything from roll top pits, tree lines, you know, the the fast strike panel blind style stuff, the, the mow marsh layout lines. You can hunt these birds. You can really get away with a lot with these birds as long as you've got some sun. Just put that sun in your back. A lot of times you can even shoot them out of tree lines if you're if you're in a spot where you can get away with it. But um, my preferred place to hunt these birds is away from levees, away from tree lines, in the middle of fields um in muddy nasty dirty fields but the the i can't express enough how important it is to be hidden with these birds they're they're just like hunting canada geese some places you can get away hunting in an a-frame style blind in the middle of a plowed field a lot of places you can't a lot of that has you know has to do with the weather and, and the type of bird you're hunting but um i like to be out in the middle they're a whole lot easier to convince they're a whole lot less skeptical when you you know than they would be when you get next to high profile objects like a levee or a tree line um pits roll top pits are great because i can hide everybody in the pit and layout blinds are great when you're hunting with people who are safe and know not to move and hide well um but i like to get underneath them i like to shoot them in the face at 10 yards and that's just my style you know i like i don't there's nothing wrong with shooting them at 30 yards but uh, whenever you can get them closer i like it's kind of like a turkey you know I, I don't have anything against people shooting them at 30 yards but if i can shoot them at seven i'm gonna go out and try to shoot them at seven i'm gonna hope for the best and plan for the worst yeah, in a in middle field, I've done it for Canada. You either got to be sometimes in the most natural, realistic looking blind, or you got to be super low profile and still brushed in very well. I mean, one of those two things. You can't, you can't, you know, get out there and and kind of homemade build your your blind or, or you know sometimes these tall ones out there are kind of too tall in the middle of that field and and they can hurt you more than help you. But either get low profile or just or you got to be in the most natural, uh, realistic looking, you know, type of, you know, blind grass, you know, that looks natural to that area. I tell everybody they, a spec to me, the way, the way I, I, I perceive them is they, they work just like, you know, they, you can call them just like a Canada goose. They're just as weary as a snow goose, but, but they finish like ducks, you know, so it's really it's really all the fun parts of of every other species of waterfowl that we can know to hunt um but they're they're just weird birds honestly they're they're very rewarding uh they're very easy to influence with calls but one of the downsides of that is they're they're weary you know you just kind of have to start small less is more and progress in what you can get away with and concealment and calling and you know good looking decoys strategic decoy placement um a lot of times less is more works really effective with these with these birds and if you and your buddy see 500 specks flying over a field and you have one day to pick one to go to shoot them and you in a state where you get snow on the ground by god you better be there when there's snow on the ground because it removes the concealment effort they're going to fly lower and you can hide in white and that's when you want to be there if you've got one day to do it and when the ground's white it's game on yeah 
So, and you, you said rice fields, uh, back, do you, you mainly hunt over what, is there any food source on these fields that you pick out or is it, does it matter? I don't think it necessarily matters. Uh, rice fields, of course, is, is kind of my bread and butter where I grew up hunting them, uh, just because that's Arkansas style. You know, if you're going to hunt in a field in Arkansas, typically it's flooded rice or on a rotation year flooded beans. Um, I don't necessarily think it matters, uh, what type of vegetation you're hunting. Of course they like water and they like food. Uh, depending on what state and flyway you're in, those food sources may change. Um, but really, you know, shallow water and sheet water and shallow water, of course, uh, those birds have to drink at some point and they have to eat at some point. So if you can get if you can get in a spot that that has everything that a, a speckle belly goose wants, and that's food and water, and you pattern them a day or two and they're flying over that field relatively low, it's not a bad place to hunt. I, but I wouldn't discourage anybody from hunting in a cotton field that's that that you never see birds in but they're flying over it 50 yards you'll get i've had birds land in sugarcane fields and cotton fields um i've never seen them in there but you know what you put a few decoys out and call at them and if that's the if that's the only piece of property that i can get permission on a lot of times it'll work out and you'll be surprised at where you can put these birds they're just like canada's when it comes to that you can put them in a strawberry patch if you know what you're doing yeah calling what I, I mean, I don't necessarily say let's, you know, is there a certain style of call that you like? Is there a certain place someone can go to learn to call uh, specs? Because if there's one thing, I, I'm I'm not the best caller in the world when it comes to spec calling. I, I'm probably no good. I, I've, you know, it's I've never really picked up spec calls. I've never really blown spec calls that much. And it's just because here we typically don't get them. They're starting to show up. But, it, it you know, it's something maybe, hey, I want to get into what what should I do? How do I learn to call specs? For sure. Uh, spec calling is is by nature uh, very different than duck calling or Canada goose calling. And when I say that, um, a great duck caller won't pick up a spec call and be able to do all these things. Of course, they'll they'll be able to learn a little bit faster if they're fluent with, you know, air presentation and everything. But um, through my experience, um, Canada goose callers honestly struggle with picking up spec calling just because it's so different. It takes time, just like anything. Um, long story short, if you want to learn how to spec call, um, get a spec call. I'd suggest getting a big bore style spec call. They're a little bit more user friendly than some of the older uh, styles of spec calls. Um, I love our spec call that I designed here at Power Calls, the Spark, but there's other great calls out there. Um, the best spec call for anybody is the one that's tuned for them. Um, so if you can find somebody who uh, is an, an expert spec caller or somebody who you want to learn to be like, reach out to them. Um, I don't discourage that at all. There's some great guys in the spec industry. Um, there's a lot of videos on YouTube on how to call these birds. Uh, I'd recommend um, the first step to anybody learning how to spec call. I wouldn't recommend just going on YouTube and typing in world champion spec calling. Um, not that that's a bad thing, but the best and for me, the funnest way to teach people how to blow a spec call is, um, hey man, buy a spec call, play around with it long enough to you really just know how to make somewhat of a spec sound and then just listen to specs and try to replicate them and a lot of times that 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 works out a whole lot better than saying hey you know watch this 45 minute video and this is what you need to do or unless you're not going to be able to be a good spec caller um, i like to keep it fun for people and if you if i'd recommend if, if if you guys wanted to go and try to kill specs i'd say get a spec call that you're comfortable with and have confidence in go get underneath some specs and play the pitch and catch game you hear a spec you make that sound and then and then just build on that, you know, learn how to make 
different sounds and, and learn what they mean. You know, um, it can really be translated into a very similar language like duck calling. You know, your duck calling, you've got your, your quacks, which is a, a duck quacking. You've got your feed, which is ducks feeding. And then you've got other duck noises that may be a comeback call or a greeting call. But really, speck calling is no different. You know, you've got your, your murmurs, uh, which would resemble specks feeding. You know, your murmurs and your, and your clucks on the bottom are specks feeding. And then your yodels are essentially like hails in a duck call. Um, so it's really just about understanding what these sounds mean. And there, there's really not a whole lot of depth that, that needs to be you know, brought to light there. It's sound like geese and mainly specks like to eat and they like to make a lot of noise. So do that in a speck call. Make, learn how to make a few speck noises and learn how to be aggressive on a speck call and make, make a lot of speck noises. And you'll find the more you call a lot of times, the more you can influence these birds. And you work them on the corners like ducks and always have that extra 10% of, of, uh, of calling ability to where when these specks fly around three or four times over you and they just kind of don't want to do it, always be able to give them a little bit more, just like you would Canada calling. Don't show them your cards right off the bat. Break these birds and have something in your back pocket to give them whenever they want to fly away. And you'll see these birds work very well. I know it sounds like a lot, but um, if anybody picked up a speck call and, and went out in the field, You'll see what gets these birds' attention, and I tell everybody, whenever you see it get their attention, remember that sound and do it over and over again, and it's going to work for you. Now, you've got a spec call there with you. I do. I do. So if you can just do, like, like you were saying, kind of just like the three most common calls of what they are, if you could do those and then explain which one you, you were blowing yep. and why you would blow it. For sure. So uh, the three basic sounds, um, let's just do, uh, let's use duck call terms. Let's do uh feed noises um so feed noises would be uh really just mean goose sounds on the bottom end murmurs and then quick clucks on the bottom just like you you'd hear a group of specks on the ground so this is what i would do if i wanted to tell a flock of specks flying over me that my decoys are feeding so what that's really resembling is um specks just kind of making that buzzing sound that they make they're eating they're just kind of humming and uh and they're just kind of picking around, just making busy noise. Uh, so it, it sounds a lot like ducks, you know, ducks feeding. It sounds, it sounds in translation, a lot like Canada geese in a field. You know, it's, it's really nothing special. Um, so that's, that's one sound that I would use whenever, whenever I want the birds to realize, hey, you need to come look at my decoys. There, there's food here. A great time to use that would be um, whenever you've got birds that you've got their attention and you're not necessarily wanting to yell at them. Um, and by yelling at them, I mean, uh, yodels, which is the second part of that. Yodels are um, what I would use as uh, comparison in duck calling to like a comeback or hails or a greeting. Your yodels are the sounds you'll hear specks make whenever they fly, and those sound like this. So what, what, you're, what you're mimicking there, are, those are specks, and they make these sounds on the ground as well. Um, and those are just unique sounding specks just talking to each other. And that's typically what you'll hear whenever you see specs or hear specs while you're hunting. Those are the sounds you'll make. Um, those are great sounds to use while getting birds' attention. So, um, so yeah, you see specs, and they may not necessarily be looking at you. Use those yodels to get their attention. And if they turn and they're coming towards you, then you switch straight into murmurs, and they come in closer. Um, and then, really, another, another set of sounds that, that works really, really well that, that I would recommend to anybody, and, and this, this one sound kills more specs for me than any other sound, are, are just clucks on the bottom. 
And, and we kind of touched on that in the murmurs and the feeding aspect of it, but clucks can be used to express emotion to specs, um, not necessarily in just feeding or, or I sound like specs, but it's really a good sound that you can use at any time. You can use it to break specs. You can use it to finish specs. I personally like to use it all across the board, um, and it sounds like this. It's just single clucks that I can express excitement by getting faster, and I can express getting calmer by slowing the tempo down. And here's what clucks sound like. <laughs> and you'll hear a lot of people do that in spec calls. Um, and there's really no perfect place to use that that sequence there. It's just another it's another sound to make. And I like to use it a lot of times when specs are finishing, kind of like a single single clucks on a duck call when I'm finishing ducks. I may not necessarily want to hit them with anything loud, but I want to keep steering them in. Those single clucks will get those birds honing in. You can get them to drift right on top of you to where you get the best shot, or you can use them whenever they're right over your decoys. You can get them to square up a little bit better. So learn the murmurs, learn the clucks, learn a couple yodels, and uh, really just learn how to effectively uh, control your air to where you can do this for about a minute or two at a time, and then get under some specs, and you're gonna you're gonna see specs react. And you'll anybody who who first starts out will surprise themselves and when it happens, um, if you don't love it, the first time it happens, the first time you call specs in and, and make them do something they don't want to do, uh, I've never heard of anybody just doing it and saying that wasn't fun. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome the first time you do it, and it really never gets old. So that's, that's really the basics of spec calling. There's not a whole lot to it. Uh, if you want to learn more about spec calling, uh, give me a shout here at, at Power Calls and Higdon. Um, there's some great videos on YouTube for other companies. There's some great people out there. Get on Facebook. Um, really just tap into it. There's a lot of people out there willing to share knowledge. Um, but if I could give advice to anybody getting into it, buy a few decoys, get away from your duck decoys, buy a spec call and go out there and sound like specs and you're going to surprise yourself. Yeah. So I want to see if you can do this. Um, could you, could you kind of tell exactly what calls you use and we're going to kind of paint a picture as these are coming in. So maybe you're looking out and you're staring at this power line cable and you're not quite sure if there's birds there. And then all of a sudden you yep. see something come over the top and then you, yep. you say, oh, there's birds. What do you do from that point all the way in to the blind? So what I like to do, and, and this is just my personal style, is is say I see a group of specs coming and they're just on the horizon. I know that they can barely hear me, but they're flying my way. Um, I'll grab my spec call. And I will, I will wait for those birds to kind of get off path. I don't necessarily just want to call because by, if, I, if I call at them while they're flying at me and I stop calling, specs will get uninterested and there's not much you can do to steer them the other way. So I really like to wait for them to start heading a direction that I wouldn't necessarily want them to. So like you said, I see specs coming. I'm waiting. They get, you know, they, let's say they get 500 yards from me and they're drifting left or right. A sound I would make there uh, would be some yodels. And this is... The, hey, look at me, I'm over here sequence, and that sounds like this. And a lot of times that is, is that's just loud spec noises, really about as aggressive as you can get, as fast as you can get. Um, you just want these birds to look at you. And if they look at you and they react, um, just like any other bird would, these birds turn and they're coming at you. You just kind of wait and, you know, you wait again and wait for them to um, start talking to you and you'll, you'll hear whenever they start talking to you. And, and this is where the game of pitch and catch really uh, is very effective with specs. So 
the birds have come, they've drifted off, we've got their attention, they're, they're squared back up to us. Every time I see them drift left or right, I'll hit them with a few yodels, and that sounds like this. And then I'll, I'll wait to hear if one responds. If one responds, I know he's listening to me. Uh, so I'm, and then I'll just get a little bit busier on calling. Say they drift right on top of me, um, and they're just looking, they're flying around. And I notice that they, you know, they're not really dropping as fast as I want them to. And I really want to, you know, pull on them and, and really try to get them to commit to me. Um, I'll do kind of the, the harder aspect of spec calling. And, and that's just blowing for a long time, super realistic, trying to convince these birds that my decoys are alive. And that's just really a combination of all the sounds we've gone over. And um, a short sequence of that would be like this. if you do that they'll do one or two things they're either going to commit come in ankles down and you just want to call them to the ground there by by continuing to call or um, they're not going to show any interest and i hate to break it to you bub but they're probably just not going to do it for one reason or the other um but it's not that complicated i know it it's it may sound a little bit harder than it really is but they're a they're a bird that can be easily influenced and really just sounding like them and be able to being able to blow sustained uh, spec noises at them will generally uh, be the most effective way to, to pursue these birds. Yeah. So, and then, so you, the murmur you kind of use in between, or do you ever use it by itself? Is that like the finishing? A lot of, a lot of these sounds that, that I'll use, um, there's really not any one particular sound that just works in one scenario, kind of like duck calling. Um, quiet calling has a place and loud aggressive calling has a place in spec calling. I mean, I think that's just the nature of, of, uh, of geese in general. They're aggressive. They're kind of always hunting when they're on the ground, they're feeding. Um, but really, you know, what I, what I kind of touched on earlier is, is if you, if you make a noise and it really gets a good reaction, keep pushing that button. If it's, if it's working, if you just notice a group of birds or one individual bird, um, react very well to one sound, whether it's a murmur or clucks or yodels, just keep giving it to him. Um, as long as he's willing to take it, you keep giving it to him. And that's the sound that I would stick with and, and really focus on. Um, but really there's, like I said, there's really not a bad place to use a murmur, but I wouldn't use a murmur if I'm trying to break specs from far away, just cause it's not quite as audible. Um, but it's a great sound to finish birds. It's a great sound to just use busy noise, um, in between stuff. Um, but it's spec calling is, is a little bit unique. Um, whenever it comes to picking what sound to blow because they're the birds are really picky uh but if it's working you find a sound that works on that given day with that bird you just keep giving it to them and if it's working use it if it's not broken don't fix it yeah i like how you talked about the pitch and catch that's kind of one thing kind of brought me to really 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 get obsessed with waterfowl is the calling part but not just calling and making noise but being able to talk like that pitching cact. Oh, it is. I do it with Canada geese, and it's a blast. Just sometimes you got these, they, they're talking back, and you're kind of just echoing each other, and then you're just kind of convincing them. And they, they usually come in the hardest, you know, when you're really, really talking to them that well, and you're paying attention to what they're doing, what their head's doing, and you're For just sure. listening and, you know, listening and calling, not just blowing at them and making, you know, making all your notes and saying, why didn't that work kind of thing. You really got it. Yeah, and they're, you can really, really re read specs too, just like Canada's, you know, and I'm, I'm no huge Canada, uh, hunter or caller by any means, but, 
Um, I've, I've shot a few of them and, and I like to think that um, I've got a unique perspective on them just because I didn't grow up hunting them. I'm just kind of the outsider looking in and, and you know, you, you see a, a fluent goose caller or, or very well-versed goose guide or, or, you know, whoever it may be. I'll use Kelly Powers for an example. Um, I'll see him hunting these birds and he'll, he'll read the, he'll read that one bird he's trying to call in. And it's like, he knows when to say it, how to say it. And it's, you know, it, it's the, the best word is just influence. You know, you can influence these, these specs just like you can influence a Canada. And that's really what makes it fun is, is you watch that one bird and he'll, you know, stick his head between his leg and wing, or he's looking for you. And, and you know, that he's, he's interested. And it's, it's really to me what, what I miss about duck hunting. Duck, ducks don't always work that way. Whenever they do, it's great. But uh, nine times out of 10, ducks just don't work that way to calling anymore. Um, but luckily specs do. And that's honestly why I like to hunt specs over, over ducks most of the time is because I can influence them with calling. And that's one aspect of hunting in general that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. I kind of want to go out to the warehouse we have around the corner and grab a couple dozen spec decoys and a spec <laughs> yep. call. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some. I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just, I, and I think it, we, I said it earlier. I think they're one of the prettiest birds. I just love spec decoys too. I just, oh yeah. I just love looking at them. I just like the colors. I just, I just, I like specs. Yep. So, um, well, Hig- you're in good company then. We can be friends. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Higdon right. makes, uh, some pretty good looking spec decoys. Um, and they're pretty, the, the, was it the paint or the carve pretty new in the past couple of years? Yeah. We changed it last year. Um, that's honestly how I got hired at Higdon is several years ago. I love the battleship ducks and I was hunting with, with a great friend of mine, Charles Petty up in Northeast Arkansas. And I saw this gorgantuan spec decoy, which in Higdon's defense, that's kind of what everyone was doing. They were painting Canada goose decoys like spec decoys. And I made a comment to Charles and said, man, they, their duck decoys are so great. They could really use some help on spec decoys. And Charles said, well, here, here's Ben Higdon's phone number. Call him. And I started talking to Ben and eventually got offered a job not that the reason the spec decoy was not why i got hired i'd like to think it played a tribute to that but um that was the first project i worked on here at higdon and it was you know hey how can we make them better you know how how can we make our spec decoys you know usable and and better and what spec hunters want and the decoy we came out with last year um, all of our decoys they've they've really just got a a a whole assembly of, of what spec hunters want in a decoy and that's dark backs that's white on the on the side patch that's really stand out in fields um bright faces on them you know the the, the name of spec hunting in its nature is just a high contrast decoy game and that's something we do very well here at higdon um but it's they're good looking decoys so they're they're made to kill specs is what they're made for they're made to put in a field or you know on water and they're going to stand out specs are going to see them and they're going to come over them. And that's, that's what we've done. And, um, not that they're perfect, but uh, if I had to pick a spec decoy to hunt over, I'd, I like ours just basically because of the color of the backs, they, they stand out and they, they give me a dog in the fight among other, other paint combinations on other decoys that are out there. Yeah. And I, I, we did a video on those full mm-hmm. bodies last year, um, that you can go, I think, is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Yep. Absolutely. But yep. Didn't you guys do like, uh, you'd had adults and, uh, juveniles kind of in the mix or was that yeah, you we guys? did uh yeah we did a uh we did on the six pack full bodies you get um you get four adults two juvies in there and that was really just something that 
Um, I've never seen done, and I've owned a lot of spec decoys, hunted over a lot of spec decoys, and very few people and very few times uh, have I seen people go spec hunting and only shoot adults. Um, there's something to be said about that. Um, some days you'll go and shoot nothing but juvies. Some days you'll go and shoot nothing but adults. But more than not, when you look at a group of specs, there there's adults and there's juveniles in there. And so I, I wanted to make decoys look that way just to be realistic. And whether the specs can see it from 50 yards away, I'm not a spec, so I couldn't tell you. But to me, it looks real. And that's why I wanted to do it. So we we did it. And and honestly, the the, the decoys that we chose to put those juvenile um, markings on are you know kind of more seductive non-aggressive poses and it, it really just kind of paints the picture well and and like i said i don't know if specs will if you're going to kill more specs as there's a juvenile in there or not um but it definitely looks more realistic in my opinion so i like it i would agree with that 100 percent. and if anybody had any doubts on that anytime uh, i do a lot of our social media here and anytime we ask for people to share their pics of this last fall um, we've done a couple with specs and, you know, did anybody get into the specs, share a pic of the specs that you shot? I would say 10 out of 10 pictures is going to have a mix of both juveniles and mature birds in it. Yeah. Every single one of them is. And I mean, yes, everybody loves the, the, the dark bars on that mature bird, but you look through the picture, you're going to see those immature birds in there. So that 100%, that is correct. People are going to shoot both. They're going to kill both. And it, it absolutely, that's, it's realism. Yeah, we we were looking at a bunch of different spec decoys, and we kind of got to the Higdons and looking at them, and then we realized that they're not all the same, and nobody else did that. And mm-hmm. that was that stood out to me. That's why I remember that. That was like a year ago. Yeah, Brooke, and I still remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I was uh, I, I was like, man, we've got you know, let's do something different. There's you know, the color on the back and the amount of white on a spec decoy. To me, as a spec hunter, um, is what I really focus on. Of, of course, the durability of the product and, and everything goes hand in hand to that, where I'm going to spend my money. But I wanted to make a decoy that was realistic and, and without uh, without downplaying our competitors' products by any means, I was shocked to see that no one's done a juvenile paint scheme. And that's one thing I really wanted to do and, and not necessarily had to be the first one to do it, but I wanted to offer that just because I've, I've hand-painted a lot of these store-bought decoys. Um, I've had to hand-paint them just to make the backs look darker. And I've hand painted juvenile, you know, juvenile paint schemes on, on brand new uh, full body decoys. Just why not? It looks realistic, so let's just do it. And honestly, I think very few people caught on to that because there's not a whole lot of, um, there's not a whole lot of extreme spec hunters in any other states, but you know, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, California, those areas. Um, but people call the time, and you know, it's like, hey, I've got my de- my beaks on my specs aren't painted right. And I've got to tell them. And they're like, oh, okay. So (laughs) maybe ahead of its time, I don't know. But I'm glad y'all noticed. It makes me happy. We absolutely noticed. It was one of those things. Of course, when we get new decoys in, we're like little kids. We like to go out and open them up and look at them. And um, we knew those had come in. And we thought, okay, we need to do a video on these. So we opened them up. And we both kind of looked at each other. And we're like, wait a minute. That's... This one's different. Is it like a juvie or something? What is going on here? And then we looked at the box and read the box, and we're like, holy smokes. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I'll, I, I, don't, I don't need credit for it, but I'm gonna, as a spec hunter, that's my contribution to the world. <laughs> and if, that's, if that's, the, if that's the best or worst thing I ever do, I'm proud to say that, um, that I, was, I was able to help in offering a juvenile spec decoy to the world. There you go. <laughs> for better or worse, yeah. it's here. But no, they're great. They really are good. Oh, yeah, they, they are. And uh, you guys also do have uh, the power calls, and they have a spec call in that lineup. And is, yep. that, is that an acrylic with acrylic insert, acrylic barrel 
<laughs> well, we've got we've got power calls. We've got the Spark, which is our spec call. We've also got a um, a molded spec call coming out this year. Power calls is uh, something we've been working on here for the last two years. Is a premium molded call line. Uh, we're going to be offering a molded spec call. It's got um, it's got acrylic guts in it, um, and the guts that it actually has in it are, are something that I've been working very hard on. It's a it's a pan style gut. It's got a completely unique set of guts in it um, that are very very easy to blow. They're they're really really nice. And and if you guys look on your on your dealer program, you'll see that um, uh, all the new spec calls have those guts in in them. Um, and in tribute to that, on the premium side, we currently offer a acrylic spec call, the Spark, um, with an acrylic set of guts, which will be the new guts we're coming out with this uh, this July. Uh, but also we're going to be doing a um, African Blackwood spec call with acrylic guts. So we'll, so we'll have wood calls as well. Um, yeah, and they're, I'm a wood sucker. You know, I, I love carbon fiber. I love acrylic. Um, to me, there's just something folky about wood. Um, I hunt with both of them. But uh, in a spec call, I, I really like the sound of wood. It's just got that sweet, seductive sound. Um, not necessarily near, It's not nearly as durable as acrylic or carbon fiber would be, but um, – I've got access to a bunch of spec calls and I get them at a pretty good price. So um, I like wooden ones the, we're anticipating them to be one of our best selling calls just because of um, the increasing rate of spec hunters and people wanting to get into spec calling and spec hunting. Um, the spark in general has been a great one for us and we want to take it a step further and offer not only a, um, a better set of guts, um, but also a, a, uh, a different set of materials one being a price point call for 60 bucks you can get a uh, spec call tuned by me um, the, the barrel and the insert are molded polycarbonate acrylic blend but the guts are cnc acrylic and i put every one of them on a piece of sandpaper and tune every one of them up personally so check it out it's called the strike for 60 bucks you'll have a hand-tuned spec call by me so if you don't like it you know who to throw it at yeah <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's something that I got to see uh, these molded calls months ago, and uh, that's one thing that when I used to do, uh, when I would sell molded calls for price point uh, for someone who was just getting into it, I really steered them towards a a, a call company who took the time to um, tune it, you know, at least you know make sure it runs good because you could tell these companies who put time and effort into their molded calls, and you can yep. tell the companies who didn't. You know, if they're mass yeah. produced, just stuck together, the the ones that they took the time and tuned, you you give that to a new customer or a new a new caller, and they're going to be a lot better, a lot faster, and they're going to enjoy it. They're not going to put it down and never touch it again. They're gonna For it's sure. going to come together a lot better. So, looking in a if you're wanting to start out with a spec call and you get to learn, if you want not to spend 180 dollars or on some of the high ends or you know mid 100s. You know that sixty dollar molded call that's that's been tuned properly from a spec hunter um, is definitely something to look at because it's it's autumn. You, I've picked up a lot of different spec calls and there are a lot of them that are different and and getting one that's tuned um, well it, it makes a lot of difference and it makes it a lot yeah, more for sure enjoyable. And, I think. Yeah, and then like like I said earlier, you know, there's there's a lot of great spec call companies out there. Um, I like to think we're one of them. We definitely try hard. And I'm proud of what we've done. Um, but the best spec call for anybody is one that's tuned for them. And spec calling by nature and spec call tuning by nature is not something you can take shortcuts on. They're a finicky call. They're easy, they're easy to tune in correctly. They're easy to blow in correctly. Um, so having a call that's tuned by someone um, 
who's who's versed in what is you know the proper way to blow a spec call um, is is a call that I would invest in. Um, I'm not saying I'm the best spec caller or the best spec call tuner by any means, um, but I'd recommend to anybody um, if you're going to buy a spec call or any call, buy one that you know is is tuned well and a call that you can grow in. You know, if you buy a call that's 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 tuned well, it's going to have the appropriate range, the appropriate volume. It's going to be uh, it's going to have the appropriate amount of air that's required to blow the call. That's a call that you can grow in and you can learn to blow. And it's going to improve your calling versus create another hurdle for you to learn how to break later on in the future. So we've done a lot of talk about calling. Would you say that's one of the biggest mistakes people make in spec hunting is not knowing how to properly blow a call? Yeah, for sure. If if, if I hunted next to you guys tomorrow and uh, we were on field over, you could hunt with 10 dozen decoys and I could hunt with two dozen. And I'm not saying I'd kill more than you, but you'd be cursing at me at some point. And, uh, it makes it makes that much of a difference. You know, calling is is such a big important factor, and and I think where where people really um, sh- really do themselves a disservice is you know, in duck calling you can go and just make some duck sounds, and really all you're doing is getting that bird's attention, and it's going to either come or it's not. Spec hunting, it's you're going to get that bird's attention with calling, and if you don't keep that bird's attention, you're not going to shoot it. So. Um, Calling 100% is is where I, I think people make the biggest mistake in spec calling. Um, and the only second to that would be um, shooting them too high over duck decoys consistently will make it a lot harder to kill them. So try to stay away from that if you can. Um, you will train your birds to stay away from water and stay away from duck decoys if you do that. Um, so get away from duck decoys if you can. Learn how to blow a spec call and hide well. And you're going you're gonna to have a dog in the fight when it comes to spec hunting. Gotcha. So, I mean, kind of wrap this up here. Uh, I mean, final words. Um, and you've kind of, so I'm thinking you're talking about calling and then you, and then it's a big thing. And then talking about focusing on specs, um, you know, not like you just said, you're not, not putting spec decoys out and hunting over ducks, shooting them too high and stuff like that. Really focusing on spec hunting, yep. concealment, you know, get the sun out, Hunt with snow if you got the chance. Yeah. Really learn how to blow that spec call and and just have a blast and go chase them. And I think I, what I like, too, is the fact that, you know, you can get a $60 call and two dozen decoys and you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, location plays a major tribute to that, too. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, anybody who calls me, that's the first thing I tell them. Hey, don't go spend a bunch of money. Buy a few decoys, you know, and I hope you buy Higdon's and I hope you buy a power call. But if they don't, it's okay. And, you know, go out there, set them up and see what you can do. You know, you'll know pretty quick if if you've got enough and you can you can improve your calling and do yourself uh, justice with what you've got as far as hardware and, and decoys. Or, hey, I need to get a couple dozen more decoys and invite somebody who can already blow a spec call to come hunt with me. Um, that's a great place to start. And and really, the the name of the game with spec hunting is get under them and when possible, realism is super, super advantageous. You know, hunting with hunting with decoys that look like specs, uh, hunting with decoys, uh, the amount of decoys that you can sound like in a call and uh, sounding like specs whenever you call and being able to sound like a body of geese. Whenever a body of geese get quiet, it's normally because a hawk or an eagle is flying in over them. Um, if you've got specs working, I hope you've, you've, I hope you've eaten your Wheaties or you've practiced because you're going to have to blow your spec call for two minutes. It's just part of it. Um, but yeah, realism, realism is the name of the game. Keep it simple um, and, and just go out there and try and you'll, you'll really find that 
Uh, it's not that hard to kill them. You just really got to pay attention to the things that matter, and that's decoys, hiding, and calling. Gotcha. Awesome. I like it. I can definitely sense your passion for spec hunting, um, having talked to you. I'm ready to go. Oh, I, I, I am right now, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> going with here. you. Yeah, I was going to say, I've just been sitting here talking about it, and I'm ready to go right now. Heck. I don't get to do too much spec hunting anymore. I, I get lucky. I go for about two, two and a half weeks a year. But now that I live in Paducah, um, with TV show and everything, you know, we do a lot of duck hunting, and and I get I get to slip away and go shoot them here in Western Kentucky. Don't tell anybody, but there is a small population of migrating specks in Western Kentucky, and uh, they are awesome to hunt because they haven't been messed with. And I've got some friends who own the property they're on, and I'm lucky that they like me. And I get to get I get to get my fix there, and it makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. You know, um, they're definitely not the most pressured birds, but it's like the first time every time. Excellent. That's awesome. That's awesome. Western Kentucky's not too far away from us. No, <laughs> I'm I, just giving you a hard no, time. No, hey, <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri is not too far from me either. So if they show up on your end, yeah, you've got my phone number. Absolutely right. Have gun, will right. travel. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep. Well, now that I know somebody that can call, I mean, hey. Yeah. Hey, there's roles for everybody. Uh, you know, I've, I'll bring the call, and I'm not a great shooter, but I can, I can, I like to think I can blow a spec call well. So I'll call and and try to hold my own shooting, and you know, just bring some shooters and bring somebody to cook breakfast and bring somebody with the dog, and we'll just make it all work. I'm yep. good at bringing snacks. That's yeah. what I'm really good at. Yeah. See, I'm a I'm a snack eater guy. I'm bad at prepping them, but I I'm your eating guy. I'm <laughs> fat at heart. I don't look like I am, but I am so fat at heart. I have an inner fat kid as well. It's a, yeah, coffee and snacks. That's some of the most fun I have when I'm waterfowl hunting. Love yeah. it. I, you know, I just want everybody to know, you know, if you, uh, if you ever ha- do you have any questions or, or anything like that, call us, you know, call, call our friends at Rogers, call us here at Higdon Outdoors or, or Power Calls. We're, we're hunters too. You know, people think that, oh, it's just people talking or, you know, we're untouchable or unreachable. Uh, we like helping people out just as much as we like selling stuff. So give us a call, and if we can help you in any way or offer suggestions or uh, products to use, products to not to use, you know, what's a great way to harvest these birds or a great starting point or learning learning avenues. Uh, heck, we're always here for you. All right. So normally we finish up with three or five words to describe, you know, whether it be a company or spec hunting. Let's go with the three most important things in spec hunting. Get underneath them, hide very well, and call very, very effectively. All right. I'd say that's a wrap.